This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Been giddy with the study, this uh, study that I've been doing about the love of God. Ever since the call went out from our pastors a couple of months ago, those of you that were here heard the call. If you, I hope you heard the call. If you didn't, the call is still going out. It's not too late for you to get in on the call. So loved, God, we are so loved by God the Father. And he's trying to get that message to us. He's trying to get it into us just how much he loves us. And I'm so glad he put that call out. And I heard it and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know this love like I've never known it before. And I'm telling you what, if you will answer this call, it will change your life. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how long you've said, I know the Father, I've accepted Him as my Savior. If you will answer this call and begin to dig deep, the song said, come deeper still. Come deeper still. Hey, there's more depths to go to. There's more heights to climb to. There's more to cross. There's more to spend, more to know about this love of God. I'm telling you, you will be changed. There is no way you can stay the same if you will get in to this and plumb the depths. If you will answer that call, it's just been so big in me. I can hardly contain myself. I'm telling you what, I'm going to try to get through all of this tonight. So we're going to get in here. Um, I'm going to start with 1 John 4 and 16. We, we said this last Wednesday night, but we're going to start here again. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Now, I, I, I ministered that in a, in a little bit different way on Wednesday night. You can get the CD if you miss it so you can get all the other little things that I said. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of go in a little bit direction, but we're still talking about love and you're going to see it's all about love. But... Um, Thursday, I went to the mailbox, and I had a, uh, we're partners with KCM, Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and I had this partner letter, and I opened up this partner letter, and I just about did it, because that's what Kenneth Copeland was talking about, what the love of God and knowing the love of God would do for you. It will do everything. It will not leave one I undotted or a T uncrossed. It will do everything. If you will just, what did it say here? Know and believe. Those are the two keys. You've got to know the love. And then once you know the love, you've got to believe the love. How many of you know people who believe something and it ain't true? I believed a lot of things that weren't true. So you can believe something. And it not be true and it carrying you in all the different directions. You can believe, be a Christian and believe something and not be true. And carrying you in a whole different place. 
So the point of this is you've got to know the love of God. You've got to know it. And then once you know it, once you know it, you can believe it. Ain't that right? You, you, whether you know it or not, you are acting out whatever you know and believe. So once you know something, you believe it, and then it becomes manifested and worked out in your life, in every day of your life. So the key, the key here is knowing and believing. Now, the call went out to know this love. Come know this love. You are so loved, but you can't walk in it if you don't know it. You can't experience it if you don't know it. You can't believe the things that it will do for you if you don't know it. So we're going to begin, we've been beginning, we've been learning, we, and we're going to do some more learning about and knowing the love of God. So we can have, so we can have some things manifesting in our lives. We can see some things happening in our lives because we know and we believe the love that God has for us. It also says God is love, love is God. That's interchangeable. They both mean the same thing. Everywhere you see the word God, you can put in their love, and it fits. Everywhere you see the word love, you can put God in it, and it fits. And I told you that, that these right here, all of this, this is God. if this is the word of God and God is love, then this is the word of love. And these are God's love letters to us. And we can read and hear, and we can get a knowing of the love of God by reading what is a, what he is. He, this is him. This is him in ink form. This is one of the ways we can know God. So, <clears throat> based on that, knowing and loving, we're going to get, do some knowing, and we're going to do some believing here tonight. Now, I said a while ago, you've got to, you can believe something and it not be the truth. But the Word of God tells us in John 17, 17, sanctify them by truth, for your word is truth. Now, if you don't know the truth, all you've got to do is look into here and find out the truth. If you don't know what to believe, if you don't know something, you can look in here and find out what it is that you don't know so you can believe in it, right? So we, we, this is how we start that process of knowing and believing. We gotta know the truth because the truth sets us free, makes us free. We get in here and we find the truth and the truth sanctifies us and that we can know and believe the truth instead of how we feel, what we think, uh, what somebody else said, um, what mama always said, what daddy always said, what grandma always said, what the preacher said on the TV or whatever. We can get in and know the truth and we can be transformed by that truth, knowing and believing the truth of God's love. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> um, I want to read real quick. This is part, this is, this is how it comes. This is another, you, can, you know the truth, you study the word. This is another way that the Bible tells us how to know and believe in the love of God. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. In the message. This is so cool, I love this. Watch what God does, and then you do it. Well, now there's a novel thing in that right there. That's a novel idea. Just watch what God does, and then you do what you see God do. Okay? Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. 
mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything to us. Now, what does everything mean? Everything. It doesn't mean, I think I'll give you a little bit of this. I think I'll give you a little bit of this. He's to give us everything. Everything. Love like that. This is a perfect description. In a nutshell, so to speak. And you notice there were two words, two twice the word learn was in this. You know, I don't know about y'all, but I went to school every day from the kindergarten to the 12th grade, I was supposed to go to school to learn some things. To learn, you know, whatever I, they were teaching me, learn science, learn math, I hated math, and learn English, and I loved history, and, you know, science, and to learn all those things. So there was an action that came on my part. If I wanted to learn something, if I wanted to get a high school diploma, I had to go to the class, I had to learn what they were teaching me, then I had to pass the class so I could get to the point of the high school graduation, right? The same process goes with God. We've got to go to school. We've got to go to class. We've got to learn something. We've got to go we got to come to the assembly where we come together and we hear the instruction of God. We hear what God's messenger is, has to say to us. We go to school. And I go to school every morning. I get up every morning and I go to school and I learn and I read in here. And I spend time with God the Father so I can learn about his love. So it can be an on going relationship. I, I, I just go to school and I see what God does and I begin to let that be an application in my life and do what God does. I can then when I go to school then I can know some things. If I never go to school I can't know some stuff. Everybody with me? We got, and, and you know, I have one thing I have learned about my walk of God. I never finished going to school. I never finished going to school. About the time I might think I can graduate, the Lord tells me, no, you've got a little bit more you need to learn. Has anybody else experienced that? Am I the only one? So it's an ongoing process of coming deeper with God, learning more deeply about the love that he has for us. Now, when Ron ministered about a month or so ago, he used this scripture from 1 John 3, 1, and I want to use it again, but I want to use it in the message because uh, it's so wonderful when, you know, just a little tweaking on some words can make all the difference in your own understanding and how you how you, how something hits you, you know? And I just love this. So in 1 John 3, 1. Is that in the message? Amen. 
Well, my message reads different. Maybe I didn't. Maybe it wasn't in the message. It was in something else. No, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was the one that's in. I got out of the voice. I apologize, Sonia. This is. I'm going to read it out of the voice. Yeah, this is so cool. Consider the kind of extravagant love the Father has lavished on us. He calls us children of God. It's true. We are his beloved children. I just love those two words, extravagant love that he has lavished on us. Now, pastor's been doing a lot from Ephesians uh, 3, 15, 16, 17, 18, and through there. And come with me, let's plumb a little. That word says in Ephesians, I think it's 18, 318 says, plumb the depths and scale the heights and test the lengths and breadth of his love. So we're going to do a little plumbing right now. We're going to do some scaling. We're going to do some testing. We're going to do some learning right now, okay? The word extravagant. Does anybody know what that word means? I love this. It says spending carelessly and lavishly. Yeah. That's the kind of love God has. Yeah. He just, just loves lavishly. Care, not carelessly in a sense that he doesn't take any care. Understand? He's free with his love. He's limitless with his love to you and I. But this one I love, beyond the bounds of reason. <laughs> you can't reason and understand God's love with your reasoning. It is beyond your reasoning capabilities how God would love us so much. You can't, I can't figure it out with my mind. I can't understand that kind of love. It's beyond my own right, reasoning right. capabilities to understand that kind of love. It's an extravagant, go beyond the bounds of reasoning. You cannot figure it out. I don't care as long as you try with your mind. That's why the people out there, they can't understand it. They cannot receive the things of God because they haven't experienced the love. They don't understand that kind of love. They don't understand an unconditional love that covers everything. They don't understand that. Everything they do is based upon condition. What are you going to do for me? God doesn't love like that. The next word I want to talk about is lavish. Woo. It means very abundant. Too abundant. And more than is needed or necessary. You just got some beyond the bounds of reason love just more than you could ever need, more than you could ever desire, more than is even necessary lavished on you. That's what that said. That's, what, that's the kind of love that God has for you and I. It goes beyond your ability to comprehend in your own mind and reasoning. And he's given you so much too much. He's giving you so much love, you can't even, you can't even measure it. You can't even uh, uh, understand the full depths. We have to keep plumbing and keep studying and keep learning and keep walking with God to know this love. And it's so much 
fun. It is so, I, I tell you what, I have been having some wonderful, I mean, when you start studying about the love of God, things just start falling off and falling away. Things that were, <laughs> that you thought were so important, they ain't really that important. And, and you just, you, weights seem to lift off of you. And, and you, you have this, it goes beyond reasoning. You can't reason, understand this. And it's almost, a, the only way I can, can uh, explain it is it, it's almost a giddiness inside of me. It's a bubbly, 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 giddy, giddy, giddy kind of thing. It has been wonderful. Wonderful. I, I, get, I uh, recommend it. I recommend it. <clears throat> now, I want, I want to go to Romans 8, 15 through 17. We're going we're gonna to keep plumbing here, taking everything that I've said about this lavish, extravagant love that God has, this extravagant love that God has lavishly poured out on us, and he's called us his children. He's called us his children. And the Amplified, it says, For the spirit which you have now received, is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. This is another expression, a, a, a way that we see that God has poured out his extravagant love on us. He has so extravagantly and lavishly poured out his love on us that we have received the spirit of adoption. Those of us who were not considered by blood, we weren't. We weren't, from, we weren't from the bloodline of Abraham. We, God, so extravagantly loved us that the spirit of adoption came forth out of his great love. And he called us sons. He called us children of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Woo. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Now, you have, you, I want you to, like I said, we are in school right now. We plumbing. Now, Paul is the one who wrote this. John wrote um, some of the other scriptures that we've been reading. <clears throat> but Paul wrote this one. And his background, most of you know, he was, a, he was a Hebrew. He was a Pharisee. He was taught under the field of Gamaliel. But he was also a Roman citizen. citizen. He was also, and I think that is so, uh, in, it, that is just so like God to even in the picture in the body, in the picture of Paul, we see the Roman Gentile society brought in and the Hebrew, which he was of the bloodline, brought in and they were meshed together even in Paul's teachings. He brings that into play. He brings in both sides and he does so in this scripture explicitly because he talks about the spirit of adoption. Now, everybody knows adoption, and we have adoption that occurs regularly in, in this country in our day and time. 
Somebody can't have kids, so they go through the process of legally adopting a child, bringing them into their household. But in the days of this time and before, in the Hebrew law, there was no such thing as adoption. They didn't have adoption. The, the only way that they could, if they were childless, to carry on their legacy if the father died, you, you see many times, well, the, whoever was closest relative married the woman, the wife, and raised up children, an heir to that family because it was about the bloodline, the direct bloodline. So there was really no law of adoption in the Hebrew law. So this wording, this, this, uh, this, this that was birthed, you see, you see the spirit of adoption all through the Old Testament. You see it all through the Old Testament, time and time again, where a Gentile was brought in, even in the lineage of Jesus. You see, you see all this through that. God was always, he, he called Abraham father before Abraham was ever a father. So you see this spirit running all the way through there. But it never was an active law of the Hebrews to adopt children, to raise up heirs, to raise, to have a family. So you see that's always been the heart of, the, heart of God, to have a family. That's the whole reason why he created us. His love was so great, he wanted to have a family. So the spirit of adoption runs all the way through. But what Paul was bringing forth here came from the Roman law and the Greek law. They had an adoption process. And his knowledge from the Roman citizenry, the way the Romans did it, he, God so wonderfully tied the two of them together to paint a picture. And who, who he was writing here, the Romans knew exactly what he was saying when he talked about the spirit of adoption. They knew exactly. We don't know because we haven't really studied about what this all meant here. But I'm going to be telling you. We're plumbing now. We're plumbing. <clears throat> this goes to the love of God. Don't, don't think I'm taking a rabbit trail here. This is all about the love of God. <clears throat> now, the history of this law and I'm, I've got some papers I'm going to read from here because it would be just better for me to read some of this to you, to, you, to get the understanding. <clears throat> there, as I said, there was no Hebrew law. This particularly came from the Greek law of adoption and the Roman law on the subject. There was no other equivalent in that day, day and time except from the Romans and the Greeks. But in the Roman law, it was a very serious undertaking. The adopted son became a member of the family just as if he had been born of the blood of the adopter. And he was invested with all the privileges of the Phileas family. Now, any of you know anything about history? Never did one of the Caesars have a, a birth son step into the throne after him. Never. Never. They always adopted someone adopted out of, and here it gives us three examples. Julius Caesar uh, adopted um, Augustus. He was his nephew. Tiberius, uh, Claudius Nero, was adopted uh, by Nero. He, he wasn't that before, but he became a Claudii. So here we have this adoption process 
done over and over and over again. And, and the reason why they had to adopt is because there was murder and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. Everybody's trying to kill somebody because everybody wanted to rise to power. So the adoption law was a very serious thing, and it carried quite a bit of weight. And it was the only way that the, that the Caesars had a, a line to follow, and it never was a direct line. It was always a nephew, somebody else in the family, and they adopted in, and they gained every right and privilege of that ruling Caesar. <clears throat> um, it mu and, and one thing that must be, we must be remembering about the Roman law of adoption is that it, it must be remembered that the father in Roman law had absolute control over his family, possessing the same rights over his children as over his slaves. Many times we see these, uh, Paul talks about children and slaves all in the same time. In Galatians, he talks about children and slaves. They, they have the same interrelationship there. Um, and this goes back to this Roman law. They were seen the same way. <clears throat> and the, and the, um, the fathers could sell their, their sons if they wanted to. They could sell them three times. So keep that in, in light. This is, and, and keep that in your hearts and minds. Um, the adopted person was transferred from one genes to the other. The adopted person acquired a new name, um, a change of home, new responsibilities and privileges. <clears throat> okay. The idea, the main idea of this adoption is that they follow, the idea that they who follow the principle of faith are sons of Abraham, whatever family they belong to by nature would certainly be understood by the Galatians as referring to the legal process called adoption. They came from, you could be from, you, whatever nature you were from, bloodline, nature, you could be adopted in, and that overrode your original nature. <clears throat> this adoption was sort of a will-making, and this ancient form of, of this will was irrevocable and public. That's what I want to get to. The terms son and heir are interchangeable. They became the heir, and it was irrevocable, and had all rights and privileges of a firstborn. They became an immediate heir. Such irrev irrevocability was a characteristic feature of Greek law, according to which Greek and Roman law, according to which an heir outside the family was adopted into the family, the adoption, adoption was the will-making. The testator, after adopting his heir, could not, the testator, that means the person that was doing the adoption, okay, could not subsequently take away from him his share of the inheritance or impose new conditions on his succession. It actually lays down this principle, and this is what I want to get to. That a man can never put away an adopted son. That he cannot put away a real son without good ground. It is remarkable that the adopted son should have a stronger position than the son by birth. Wow. Yet it is so. Wow. Yeah. And this was, the, this was the picture that Paul was saying. 
you and what extravagant love that God has for us that we we've been adopted by the spirit of adoption and we have a, a, mm. that's why when, when Jesus hung on the cross when Jesus hung on the cross God turned his back to him did he not and Jesus said father why have you forsaken me that was fulfilled in the law of adoption right here he turned his back and then he looked to us and said, now you can come and you can stand in this place of the sun. You can come along and be just as equal as the sun. You have the same position and same place to me. Such extravagant love that God has lavished on us that we can be called the sons and daughters, the children of God. Hallelujah. What a, oh, I don't know if I can tell you. Praise you, Jesus. Mm. That's what God has done for us. That's the so loved that he has for you and I. That's the, the picture that he paints with this wording of, of this spirit of adoption that you and I, we don't, that's the kind of love he has. Hmm. Then in Romans 8, 35, no wonder Paul, no wonder Paul had this, had this revelation, had this relationship, had this understanding of the love of God when he said in Romans 8.38, who shall separate us from the love of God? In the natural understanding of this adoption law, the adopted person could never be forsaken. Never. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. I don't care what they did. They would from that moment and forevermore be a son of the person that did the adoption. They had more rights, more claim, more privilege than the blood-born son. That's the same spirit of adoption that we have. That's, that's who we are. We can never be separated from the love of God. We can never be thrown away. We can never be forsaken. We can never be turned away from. We are the sons and the daughters of, live, of the living God. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah. Not anything. No wonder Paul could say in Romans 8, 38 and 39, for I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, which was made manifest. How much love did Jesus have for us that he was willing to let God forsake him for us? Hallelujah. He, let, he, was, he was in agreement with God doing that. They got together before the foundation of the earth and they said, this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to fix this. They're going to mess it up. 
but we are going to fix it. Hallelujah. We're going to fix it where it can never be broken again. Glory to God. This is what you've got to know and believe. You've got to know this and you've got to believe this. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 43 and 25, when I saw this, I saw this before I got to studying about this, the spirit of adoption. And it just came alive in me the more I studied. Because this is, this is, now this is God talking. Okay? I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions because I want to do, I want, to, I want you to feel good. Because I, I, I just think it's what I want to do for his own sake. For his own sake. He did this for him. That's the kind of love he has for me. He went to every extreme. He wanted me so bad. You've got to look at it that way. You've got to put yourself in the picture. He wanted me so bad that he did it because he wanted me so bad. I didn't know he wanted me that bad. I had never been told he wanted me that bad. I didn't understand, but he did it for me long before it ever came a light bulb on me that he loved me. He did it for his own sake, for his own self. Hallelujah. What an extravagant love. Ain't nobody ever loved me like that. Maybe y'all don't get it. I don't know, but it's just so good. For his own sake, for his own sake, he, he didn't want anything to come in between us and him. He was tired when... When Jesus came and fulfilled it all, I feel like God was like, I am so ready. I am so ready to have my people with me and me with them and have relationship with them. I'm so ready to love them. They won't let me love them like I want to love them. So I got to do something about it. I got to take care of it myself for me because I want to love them like that. And they haven't let me. Sometimes I think we still don't. That's where the knowing and the believing comes into place. That's where the knowing and believing comes into place. So you can, you can experience this kind of love. He will remember the transgressions no more. He did it because of his... It was his, out of his own heart. His own heart. You've got you to gotta take this for yourself. He did it all for me. I walk outside and I see the beauty and the stars. He did that for me. I go to the beach. My favorite place. And I see, and I just, I, he did this for me. He made this because he knew I was going to just so love it and enjoy it. He did it all for me. Because he loved me that much. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says in the message, Go after a life of love 
as if your life depended on it. Because it does. Your life, your life. Mm, mm. If, if God's love covers a multitude of sins, if God's love casts out all fear, if God's love, and we know that you can just take out that word if because we, what did we just say? The truth, if you know the truth, and you know the truth and you believe the truth, it becomes activated in your life. His love, what, is, what, what, what did his love do? Really and truly, I mean, we, we want to stop at salvation. I talked about this a little bit last Wednesday. His love through Jesus heals. His love provides. His love gives peace. His love makes you righteous. His love uh, uh, transcends everything that can ever keep you bound and keep you back. His love takes care of addictions. His love takes care of everything. When you know it and you believe it, all these other things begin to drop away. And, you know, I'm not, I'm, when, I, when I'm learning this, and I'm learning this myself, I'm not trying to point a finger at anybody. It's telling me, if, if there's something lacking in my life, it's because I don't know the love of God like I need to know it, and I don't believe it like I need to know it. It ain't because God ain't already done it. He's already done it. He's already done it for His own sake. He's already done it. He's already done it because he wanted to. He's already made a way. He's already done everything. It was completed in Jesus. The disconnect is in me not knowing and not believing. You need to go after this life of love. You need to go after this kind of love because your life depends on it. And as Pastor Sandy says, and so does everybody else's out there. If, they don't, if we don't know it and believe it for ourselves, how are we going to tell anybody else about it? We don't have anything to give. We don't have anything to tell. And Mark eleven twenty two, in the message says, Embrace this God life. Or love life. God is love. Love is God. Embrace this love life. Really embrace it. And a few things. He says, and nothing shall be too much for you. Have you got something that seems too much for you in your life? Have you got a little too much of something going on that you need fixed, that you need to see uh, removed from your life? Well, embrace this love life. Really embrace it. And no thing shall be too much for you. Because Jesus said, back in 1 John 4, 17, where we talked about God is love. Actually, it was 16. He said, as he is, as he is, so are we in this world. And how was he? How was Jesus? He was loved. Was he sick? No. Was he in lack? No. Was he worried? No. Was he confused? No. Was he um, forlorn? No. So he's telling us that if you will plumb the depths of this love, if you will 
scale the heights of this love, if you will know and believe this love as he is, so will we be in this world. I'm not, I want you to understand, he's teaching me this too. He's showing me this too. Every time that I, I, I start to say, I have to remember, he says, know me, know my love. Believe my love. Believe my love. And let it do its perfect work in me and in you. When we know this love and we believe this love, I mean, I don't know how to even way to say it. This love that God so extravagantly beyond you can't you can't do this by your own reasoning you can't do this by your own reasoning it's beyond reason this extravagant love he just lavished it on us and he wants you to know it and believe it so you can have it manifested in you in this world right now not when you die and go to heaven right now he wants this manifested in us he wants it completely shown to the world because that's how the world's going to going to know and believe is when they see it manifested in you and I but they won't see it manifested until we know and believe until we know and believe that is the key that is the key. Love is the key to everything, and the key to love is knowing and believing. And by plumbing this is how you know and you believe. I pray that you got something out of this. And I, I, more than anything, more than anything, I hope, I, my heart is that you will hear God's call to you to know me, to know my love, and believe, believe what I've already done. Just believe. Just know and believe what I've already done. I've already done it. I've already done it. Just know and believe so it can show up in your life. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.